Welcome to the Zen of Everything, a Zen take on life, love, laughter, and everything else. With Jundo Cohen, a real Zen master. That's me. And Kirk McElhern, that's me, a guy who knows a bit about Zen. Good evening, Jundo. How are you today? I'm very fine, but uh, I was a little busy looking for a nyoi. A nyoi? What's that? A nyoi is a scepter that uh, a Zen master traditionally carries. You may have seen it. It's, it's actually an old Chinese implement. If you've, if you've seen Confucians from the Tang Dynasty, they're always carrying a little stick in front of them. Kind of like Gandalf? Yes, like Gandalf. It's, it's a wand. It's a scepter. But uh, I, I had to get one uh, because my Dharma brother from France is going to give what is known as Dharma transmission. And he wrote to me here in Japan and said, can you, can you find me a couple of nyoi? I'm not sure what the plural is of nyoi. Nyoi's. Nyoi's. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I looked around and all the big Buddhist supply shops, they're actually Buddhist supply shop to find a good nyoi. And they start, you know, like, five the equivalent of five hundred dollars three hundred dollars and then i just had an idea i looked on amazon and sure enough amazon beats them all they got a deal <laughs> on yoey from china 80 bucks for a yoey ah oh, but a chinese yoey it's not the same is it wait a second zen came from china what do you mean oh, that's right i forgot about that <laughs> now do you, do you know what a yoey originally was um, well, that's the thing that they hit you with to wake you up when you fall asleep, right? Right, right, right. But, but why were the, the emperors of old all carrying the stick? Do you have an idea? Because they had arthritis and they were hobbling? It's a back scratcher. Oh, okay. I found this out recently in the history of Nyoi. You know, I read all these obscure articles. In the old days, apparently, only the emperor could sit there and on his throne and give himself a good scratch. So it, it was originally the imperial backscratcher, and then gradually it became a symbol of power, and then no one could remember what it was. So we all just carry right. around this, uh, this $80 to $500 backscratcher. <laughs> Do you know the Catholic Church had someone who would walk around with a stick too? His job description was a sluggard waker, and he would wake people up who would fall asleep in church. This goes back a few hundred years. Well, we, we have all kinds of sticks for that in Zen. You know, we have one in the, in the Zendo. We don't use it in our lineage. But if someone's dozing off, you give them a little whack on the shoulders. You know, that's a, that's a different stick. And then we have the, uh, the fly swatter, the hosu, which was originally a fly swatter. A fly swatter, yep, exactly. Yes, and it was the same idea. The king would sit there. I guess they didn't, I don't know, bathe very much. So he's scratching his back. Yeah. He's... He's swatting the flies, and this was a similar. The the uh, Hosu fly swatter, by the way, starts at a thousand bucks. Is that the one that looks like it's got the hairs coming out of the end? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I haven't looked on Amazon, but I bet you I can get a deal there too. <laughs> you know, online everything's online these days. 
Yeah. So how do you do that with the with Tree Leaf being an online sangha? You're missing out on all these wonderful interactions, like people hitting people with sticks. You know, people have said that for you. We started now. Let's see, 2006. I'm very bad with math. About 14 years ago. Yeah. So people gave us a hard time. You can't have a real experience online. You're missing out on something. And of course, the unfortunate but fortunate part of this year is everybody had to go online because of yeah. you know what. And suddenly all I'm reading is, you know, this is wonderful. We have members we haven't <laughs> seen in years, and they're able to join us. We have people we didn't even know we're reaching out. We're in... Tuscaloosa, Oklahoma, and we're reaching out to people sitting with us in Paris and Vietnam, yeah. and they like they've just discovered this. Can is a is a, a a Zen guy allowed to gloat a little bit? Like they just discovered this. Yeah. Well, I discovered Tree Leaf in in early two thousand seven. I was living in a village in the French Alps, hours away from any place where anyone could practice, and it just. It just seems to be modern. Now, I've been working in technology for a long time, so it wasn't that much of a surprise to me to see a sangha built around forums and videos. Uh, for a lot of people, it is new. But as you're saying, with, you know, the we don't want to call it by its name that's been around for the past six months, everyone's just getting used to it. And it's almost second nature. Well, yeah, and the question is, people are asking themselves, are they going to go back, you know, once? Once you've been online, can you get offline again? And, and some of the places are saying, yes, we want to go back to the old ways. But a lot of places are, are saying they're going to stay online, at least in part. They'll, they'll, they'll be online and they'll have their live sitting. I've told the story before about, you know, how Tree Leaf started. Well, why don't you tell it again in case people haven't heard it? Years ago, when uh, my dear mother was uh, still uh, in this uh, world, uh, we were going back to Florida sometimes to be with her, and we joined a Zen group there that had a lot of older members, like you would find in Florida. And sometimes those older members were unable to come to the sittings anymore. They were just not feeling well. They didn't drive. And at the same time, I was visiting my mom, who was in the hospital sometimes. The internet had just gotten going. And we had some video capability back then. YouTube, I think, had three videos online, something like that. And I was sitting there and saying, you know, we could have sittings online. I was able to sit in the, ho in the hospital room and do this. And these older people, uh, we hooked one of them up to be able to sit from her house online. It was very, very simple, very, very primitive back then. And that's where it started. And it worked great. When you think about it, the the different schedules that people have, maybe they're juggling work and family and they need to take care of kids and they can't always get away and they may have to drive a half an hour or more to get to a Zen center. It seems like there's nothing wrong with it. And yet I know that in the beginning, people were telling you that it was wrong, that without that physical contact, it couldn't work. Yeah, well, I, I still hear that sometimes. But, you know, we started, as I said, for the elderly and then the physically disabled. Right. And then I got people saying, no, I, you know, I live right next to a Zen center. I can't get there because I got kids and I work and their sittings are at a certain time and I just can't get away. So they would come and sit with us. And then we got people like you in the middle of with Heidi in the Alps 
there or we <laughs> I, I had a guy sign up this week. He's in Ethiopia. He's a, a volunteer worker. He's not the first one we've had. And uh, he's out there feeding uh, the starving people. And then he comes sits w- sit with us from Ethiopia. We have other people uh, in islands in the Caribbean, uh, Israel, all come to sit. And it's lovely. We're a community of people. So it, it became people who are with us for many, many diverse reasons. And some people who just come because we're a good place to be. You know, I think that um, Tree Leaf as an online sangha is able to do something that other sanghas aren't. And that's the whole international element of people from around the world. Sanghas are generally very, very local. It's people from a given city uh, or even people from a given neighborhood in a city. And we're able to have that feedback of people from, you know, in every time zone all around the world, as you mentioned, when I was in France, now I'm in the UK, Ethiopia. Um, I was on a chat this weekend with people in Germany, Estonia, and Spain. So it, it gives, I would say, it gives more variety to the members of the Sangha than a normal Sangha, which is hyperlocal. I, I would say that's true. Now, we're, we are just an English group, but my uh, student, Kionin, started, uh, what would you say, tree leaf, el arbole, the, I forget the name in, in Spanish, but uh, he started one in, uh, in Mexico, with, and he has people from Spain and, and as far away as as uh, Argentina, and, and they're sitting with him too. And I, I, I'm a little jealous. Can a Zen guy be jealous? His group's getting bigger than Tree Leaf. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> yes, it is. That's what I That's hear. interesting. So it's true yeah. that, you know, English is the lingua franca, but there are a lot of people who can't speak English, and it is a hindrance to them. Um, I, I would say that long term, there should be Tree Leafs in you know, a dozen different countries or a dozen different languages, at least. Well, it, it's not only uh, language-wise. One of the great things about an online group is you can find people with special needs and unite them. For example, we at uh, one time have uh, considered organizing a veterans group, people who have had military and war experience, to be able to sit together. And they're not located in one place either and they're not even on the the same military Uh, we've had people who have served in european military and american but they can sit and have a common experience you know that's one of the great things of of the internet can unite people that way so how does an online sangha work well an online sangha works in which uh, by using creativity to come as close as possible and sometimes if i may say surpassing what you can do in a sangha that meets in uh, a building of bricks or wood. For example, we wanted to have the tea and cookies after Zazen, which a lot of groups have, you know, just sitting around and schmooze. So I can't serve tea, but everybody brings their own tea. Everybody brings their own cookies or any uh, soft beverage, no alcohol, please. And we all sit around and we talk about what you talk about. And after a while, you forget you're on the camera, and everyone has a good time. And uh, dear friend, uh, that's what you can do. We have ceremonies online. We have uh, I've had ordinations online, and that's gotten very controversial. We have to talk about that. Have you ever done any weddings online? I have not done any weddings online yet. Uh, I could do one for you, Kurt. Mm, no plans right now. Not in the well, come future. on. 
You could be the first. No, no, I think I'll wait a little bit. Sadly, we we have done, uh, I don't want to say funerals, but memorial services for people. And um, we have done, I have done kind of a baby blessing. We have done many, many things, but we have gotten criticism. You can't do a bris online, can you? Uh, I, you know, if we had a plug-in for the USB <laughs> and a robot arm, but that's the future. Anyway, yeah. wrong religion. Yeah, that's true. Zen doesn't do that. But we have gotten criticism because in the when we first started, people said, you're missing out on some of the senses. You cannot smell the sweat of the person sitting next to you. That's a fair point, but I'm not sure that smelling the sweat of a person sitting next to you is essential to the Zen experience. I would say it's not smelling the sweat of the person next to you is kind of a plus, personally. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, I had uh, two members come to us. One was uh, hearing impaired, one was visually impaired. And they both said, welcome to our world. Yeah. Uh, you know... What you the senses you don't have cause you to rely on the senses you have even more, and after a while you forget what the limitations are. You know, limitations exist between the ears, and if you drop the thought of limitations and barriers and walls, nothing nothing holds us. So after a while, you just forget that you're online. And you're just friends. Like, I'm talking to you right now. You're in England. I'm in Japan. And I, I'm not thinking about it. There's my friend, Kurt, who I cannot remember if we've met in person or not. I no, think. we never have. No. But yet you're one of my dearest friends in the world. Have I told you that, Kurt? Yes, you have. And we've known each yeah. other for 13 years, which is a long time. That's, longer than many people that I know in, in, in IRL, as people say, in real life. Um, but again, see, I've lived... Um, from around the year 2000 to 2013, I lived in the French Alps. So my contact with people locally, I mean, I wasn't a hermit. I lived in a village of a couple thousand people, knew lots of people. My contact further away was always intermediated by video or, or by telephone. And for me, it's natural. In fact, I work for companies, um, in various countries in the world, and it's just, it's just second nature for me, but I understand that a lot of people discovering this now um, are seeing this in a different light. They're just not familiar with the whole regular Skype, Zoom meeting, etc. And of course, with all the technical problems that we've had, um, you had a microphone problem, so we had to switch video source today. Um, but after a while, you just get used to it and you work around it. You know, we live in a world, unfortunately, where people don't know the name of the person who lives in the apartment next door. Yeah. And the young kids, you know, they go online these days, and their social interactions are maybe too much just through the screen. You know, my I, my, my son is uh, 16, and he, a couple of years ago, he used to invite his friends over to have a party in our house. And they'd sit on the couch side by side, each looking at their screens, texting yeah. to each other instead of having a yeah. conversation. Now, that's a terrible thing, I think. But the people of uh, that generation are just much more used to this. And it's the older people, I think, who are uncomfortable 
with this world. But again, it's your hang-up. Much of Treeleaf revolves around the forum, a very simple text-based um, discussion forum that, like what's existed for 25 years, um, with threads and replies and all that. And one could argue that in some ways that is much less natural than video. We're doing a video chat um, as we record this. But on the other hand, what I've always found about forums is that you think more carefully when you write something like that exactly than when you speak and also people can go back and see what people wrote last week last month last year and even longer you know uh, oral conversation is wonderful but there's a, a a sincerity and a thoughtfulness to the written world word it's like the art of letter writing there's something about that's not like an email there's something that when you sit down and you, you feel what you want to express it has a certain depth that just you know, a phone call or quick text message doesn't have. So the forum usually has people truly opening up from their heart. And there's another factor. We, we well, there's two. Number one is we insist on gentle speech. It's yes. a nonviolent place. We've had a yes. couple of incidents, you know, people even use a certain word. Uh, one person, I, I'm not American, one person used a certain B word from the UK that I've only heard in 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 uh, movies and uh we found out today though no, you don't want to use that word you know it's we we try to keep gentle speech even if it's a little artificial it makes people relax when they don't hear mm. the things that you hear in the rest of the world all those words so that's number one the other thing is there's a certain mix of anonymity but the ability to open up and when people get that, they can safely express themselves. To, to give you an example, I had a fellow come to me. Let's say he's a, he's a medical practitioner from a specific town in, let's say, New York. And his name, and he t I know his full name, okay? And he's a doctor. And he he's, has an alcoholism problem. I'm just making up this person, okay? Right. And I say, don't give too much information about yourself. Just say, your name is Bob, and you're in the medical profession somewhere in the Northeast, and you have yeah. a drinking problem. If he says that, there's no way to identify him, but he can right. speak honestly about his struggles. And when people learn that fine art, there's enough distance that they feel safe, but there's also enough proximity to others that they can truly express themselves that they can't sometimes face-to-face. -face. They tell us things online that they cannot tell sometimes their own family. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's true that there's that sort of filter of not saying things immediately and not expecting to be judged when you say something, um, when someone's looking at you. When you finish talking and you pause, you might be afraid of being judged, and you don't have that worry. Exactly, exactly. But of course, you know, what we, we do online is not just talking. The number one thing is sitting zazen. And but we don't do that what we in do. a text-based forum. Well, no, with the, the camera, usually <laughs> these days by Zoom, you know, yeah. which is what everyone has discovered. But I'm going to tell you a little secret, and I don't know who's going to hear this, but I, you know, I wish these groups would try one thing that Treeleaf is doing that the other groups are, are not doing. Ask me what that is, Kurt. What do you want other groups to do that Treeleaf is doing? I'm glad you asked that. 
Okay. They're putting the camera on for the Zazen, right? It's beautiful. Everyone gets and they ring the bell and they sit and they go home. They're not making the community online. Right. That's the thing. You have to make people to be together. And I'm going to tell you, that's also the advantage we have over the bricks and mortar. Because the bricks and mortar places, unless people live there, only a handful of people will go every day. And maybe they go for an hour and they sit, you know, say hi, and then they got to be off to the world again. Our folks at Tree Leaf can come every day. They can come many times a day. And pretty much any time of the day. There's not always activities all day long, but there are activities that are set up for every time zone. So what could be my morning and your evening um, could also be the time of midday for someone else. And there are lots of options to fit into these various time zones. Exactly. And there's always someone there, always someone. And if they have a question, we have one of our priests always willing to, to help out. No one has to wait very long for, for human contact at our place. And they get to come every day. And compared to a place where people go for once a week in a building, if people come to our place four or five times a week, they, they really feel even more connected. So that's an advantage we have. Hmm. But uh, On the other hand, when they come, they don't have to interact. They can no. just take part in the activities and then bow, gasho, and turn their computer off. Yeah, there's no, uh, there's no obligation. There's no charge for the place, too. We, 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 if people want to make a donation, there's a, a place they can, but there's no charge, no donations, and no need to say anything, and no, you don't have to sign over your firstborn child or your house to me. It's not a cult. Uh, it's just a place, if you want to come sit Zazen and you want a friend, then you come to our like that and it's low maintenance no one has to sweep the floors and clean the toilets i wouldn't say well, it's low maintenance boy Sekishi, <laughs> who's our technical wizard behind the scenes it seems like he's keeping the place sometimes together with duct tape it is the internet after all yeah but uh we yeah. keep i know how this technology works but air. i mean in general the, the you don't have a structure that you have to worry about um that you have to ensure that you have to worry of the roof leaks etc well, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's exactly right. Uh, we have uh, other issues. I mean, can I tell you something? If you went back to Dogen's time, Dogen was the fellow in the 13th century from Soto Zen, and he gave a talk. You probably didn't have the ability to hit rewind. And if you listen to a Dogen talk, I think rewind would have helped a lot. I bet you yeah, people sat Yeah, I think there, you'd have to listen to him several times to understand them. I bet you nobody. And they, if you could hear him, if you had a bad Zafu, a bad seed in the corner, what did Dogen yeah. say? You know, and it would be like telephone. That, <clears throat> maybe that's why Shobu Ginzo is like that. Dogen actually said something pretty clear. And by the time it got to the guy who wrote it down, it was a mess. That's my... Mm. my but the thing about a recorded talk or the thing about online sitting is people can pause, stop. We did a four-hour retreat this week, and people who couldn't sit the whole four hours did it in one-hour implement. Why not? And even if it's recorded, you can speed up the video to do it a little bit faster. No, that's cheating. No, you can't <laughs> speed up your Zazen by hitting... Uh, no, you can't do that. But, okay, there's one more criticism we've gotten. And what is that? I get this from some of the more conservative elements in the Zen Buddhist world, to the point that uh, I have been uh, 
sometimes labeled a heretic. Ooh. And that is we do ancient ceremonies, such as the bestowal of the precepts and ordination. We've done them online, where mm. I, for example, will ordain someone who is in Europe and, or in America, and I am in Japan. And people have said, you cannot do this because you're not looking at the real person eye to eye. And I've said to them two things. Number one, do you know it's a basic teaching of Buddhism that the whole world is virtual? The yeah. eye is a camera. You're looking at a picture, an image of the world in your brain. So. All this is doing is adding another camera. You are living in a virtual world. Our saying is the world is virtual. Our sangha, our community is real. That's number one. Number two is read the darn ceremony. It has Buddhas and ancestors and fantastic creatures coming from other dimensions into the room. You know? And you're supposed to be sitting there, and we're all sitting there embodying Buddha, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, you can have all that magic and, and mysticism in it, but I can't put a camera on. Use your imagination, folks. Open your hearts. There's nothing different about an online ceremony from one in a room. The the point about the world being an illusion is actually interesting because what does it matter if the screen is here? It's not what it's not how we see it, it's what we interpret from what we see. You're looking at a screen now behind your eye. Yep. I know it doesn't feel you think you're actually seeing a tree outside, but it's an image of a tree created between your ears. This is Buddhism one oh one. So the use of a camera has become actually a wonderful way to teach that to people, you know. And Okay, I just want to point out that this is not an episode sponsored by the Tree Leaf Sangha, even though um, the goal was to explain how the Tree Leaf Sangha works. Um, there'll be a link in the well, show notes if anyone wants to come by. Of course it's an episode about the Tree Leaf Sangha. I'm the Tree Leaf Sangha? No, I said sponsored by. Oh. So this is not, you know, this is not a paid promotional uh, episode here. <laughs> um, but yes, there'll be a link in the show notes. And um, well, Roshi, where do we go from here? Well, I'm going to go over to Tree Leaf and check what's going on. Okay. See you there. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Please give us a rating. Tell your friends. You can check out past episodes at our website, zen-of-everything.com. And if you want Jundo to answer your questions, send us an email at podcast at zen-of-everything.com. Thanks for listening.